Well, I want to talk to you this morning about a person in the Bible who was a fearless warrior, a national leader, a prophet, a poet, a military general, one of the most outstanding leaders in all of Scripture. Now, I'm not talking about David. <laughs> I'm not talking about Daniel. I'm not talking about Joshua. I wonder if anyone can guess who I could be talking about this morning. Well, we're going to talk about a woman by the name of Deborah. Deborah. Wow. When I looked into Deborah, she is one amazing, amazing lady. And uh, she's called a mother in Israel. But there's no evidence that she actually had any children. But she's still called a mother in Israel because she mothered so many people, both men and women. So she's an exciting character. She's a very exciting person in the Bible. So we're going to read her story in Judges chapter 4. So I want you to stand with me, if you don't mind, because I think reading Scripture together is powerful. When you read it, why don't you expect God to speak to you, even as you read it out loud with me together? So are we ready for this? It's going to come up on the screen, I think. Here we go. All right. So let's go. Read it together. When Ehud was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord said... who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in Horosheth Hagoyim. <laughs> it's a good name, isn't it? And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. This is a good thing to do, by the way. For Jabin had 900 chariots of iron, and for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. Maybe that's you today, harshly oppressed. Verse five. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at that time. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Raman and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. She was a wise lady to say. Okay. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Ahinoam, from Kadesh and Naphtali. Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor. With you, the south. sons of Zebulun. And against you I will deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river Kishon, and I will deliver him into your hand. And Barak said to her, watch this, I will go, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. Isn't it interesting? Barak is no wimp. He's listed in the heroes of faith. But even he says, I'm not going unless this mighty giant of a woman, Deborah, goes with me. I say, let the woman arise in Jesus' name. Grab a seat. All right. So they lived in the time of the judges, and there was a pattern in judges, if you don't know what it is. It's sin, um, suffering, uh, supplication, and salvation. So the, what happened was the children of Israel would sin. And of course, what happens after that is you suffer, <laughs> unless you get it sorted out. Then what? They would cry out to God, supplication, and then God would send salvation. The, the cycle repeated over and over again because they never learnt their lesson. If today, by chance, you need to return to God, 
You need to put right a compromise or something in your life that you know is not quite right. Can I encourage you, do it today. On Mother's Day, do it for your mother. (laughs) Do it today. Listen to this. One step of obedience is worth a thousand sermons. You got that? You know, there should never be a sermon that you don't do something with. Never. 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 You should always do something, because otherwise there's no change. And so we've just come and done our job, but nothing has changed. So I want you to be thinking as I speak today, what am I going to do with this message? What is going to change in my life as a result of this message? In the Bible, a person's name either defines their character or their kind of prophetic calling or destiny. Deborah, as many of you will know, means bee. A bee focused on its task and delivered the results. That's Deborah. I wonder how good we are at focusing on our task and then we deliver the result. But Deborah, also like a bee, had a deadly sting in her tail. That's what a bee has. And so she would defeat the enemy. You know, friends, you and I, like Deborah, we also want to give the devil a sting, a fatal sting and a fatal blow that defeats him. So when the enemy rises against you, you can remember Deborah, that she was able to defeat the enemy in Jesus' name. Do you know there's more of God upon your life than you realize? There's more power in you, more anointing in you, more authority in you, and you know we sometimes cry out for it, but it's actually in us. You can deal a fatal blow to the enemy when he rises up against you, and you can win victories in Jesus' name. This is Deborah that we are talking about. She is an amazing woman. Not only that, she was also a woman of tremendous wisdom. When I research this, did you know that the bees, science now tells us that the bees are one of the most intelligent of all the animal creation. They're just brilliant. And uh, they, they, um, Deborah was like that. She, was, she, was a, she had wisdom. She had tremendous wisdom. That's why we read in that, read in that uh, Judges 1 to, uh, 4, 1 to 8, how the people, would, she sat under the, the palm of Deborah, and they'd all come to her to settle their disputes. She was a prophetess, so she could hear from God. She could give them tremendous wisdom. And you know, we're living in a time where we're living in troubled times. Anyone with me on that? We're in troubled times. We're in uncertain times. We're in challenging times. We don't know what is around the corner. We're in times of great turmoil and terror around the world, and it's getting worse all the time. If ever there was a season where we needed to have wisdom in our lives, it is right now. We, we need wisdom, friends. We need wisdom to make the right decisions. We need wisdom to do the right things. We need wisdom to make the right responses. When the enemy comes in against us, we need wisdom to do the right thing. And friends, we need to ask, you know, the Bible says, what is it in Proverbs? Let me find it for you. Proverbs, I think, 4 and verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. Tell the person next to you, you better get some wisdom. It's, 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 it's like the main thing. Come on, folks. It's like the main thing. How often are you praying for wisdom? 
You know, one wrong decision can have terrible consequences. We need wisdom, and the good thing is if you ask for it, God's going to give it to you. They were told that in James chapter 1 uh, in verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives, all to, gives to all liberally. How many of you could do with a bit more wisdom? Give me your wife. All right, 10 seconds. Ask God right now. God, would you give me wisdom in my situation? God, do it right now. Online, you do it as well. And God will hear and God will answer. Thank you, Lord. Give me wisdom right now. The decisions I have to make, give me wisdom. Thank you, Lord. I receive it in Jesus' name. All right, not only is she a woman of uh, wisdom, but she was always a woman of great faith. The thing that surprised me about Deborah is she would hear something from God, and then she would do it. So God spoke to her, said to her, you're going to defeat the armies, the, the formidable armies <laughs> of, of the Canaanites and of Sisera. Um, she had about 10,000 men. And uh, Josephus, the historian, and others say that uh, Sisera and their army had probably 100,000 to 300,000. So she had, sorry, 10, I think it does say 10,000. So it's 10,000 against 100 to 300,000, plus 900 chariots. This is a, a fighting machine. This is a formidable enemy. I wonder if that's what you're facing today. Are you facing something that seems impossible? You're facing something that seems bigger than you, that you think, I don't know if I can get through this. This enemy seems huge. It seems massive. I, I, I'm, I'm troubled by this. Even though the Bible says you are more than a conqueror, that you have authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, all the power of the enemy. You can do all things that Christ who strengthens you. Even though you have the promise of God, even though God has spoken to you through his word, when you've heard the word, can you be a Deborah and say, okay, I'm going to go out and against the odds, I'm going to defeat the enemy who has raised his ugly head against me. And that's exactly what Deborah did. She went out, she fought the battle, and she won a tremendous victory. She was a woman of incredible faith, a woman who would believe what God has said. I want to ask you a question. Do you believe what God has said? Do you know what I reckon? It's time to believe the Bible. You are more than a conqueror. Aren't you? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Is that right? You have authority, you have authority over serpents come to crush all the power of the enemy. See, friends, we've got we to start believing the Bible. Got to believe what it says. Believe what it says. Not just read what it says, not just hear what it says, but believe what it says. The challenge God is giving me. Tuck, when are you going to start to believe this book? Because otherwise, you know, this is not just a book of history. This stuff in this happened. The Red Sea did part. <laughs> Fire did come down from heaven. You know, Jesus did walk on water. The dead were raised. The lame did walk. The blind did see. The deaf were healed. You know, the mouths of lions were shut. And we can go on. You know, there was a fourth man in the fiery furnace. Friends, this is real. This is Bible. This is truth. Deborah believed what God said. And then she not only believed, she acted on it. We can believe it, but not act on it. Got to believe it and act on it. And you know, the great thing about Deborah is her faith inspired a generation. Her faith inspired an entire army. This, this, this woman of, of incredible faith. And so, you know, Barak says, I'm only going to go out, um, uh, Deborah, if you come with me. You see, Deborah... You see, you know, as fear spreads, so does courage. Yeah. 
And Deborah spread courage to the people around her. What are you spreading to the people around you? <laughs> Have a look at them. <laughs> are they filled with courage or are they getting fearful? See, we spread whatever we find is in our own hearts. And I believe God is calling for a generation now to rise up especially in these days, to have tremendous courage and to fight against the enemy. So whatever you're fighting, be like Deborah, step up to the mark and see what God will do. See, in Judges 4.14, I'll just re read it to you. Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. This is what she said to Barak. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So she instilled faith in other people. She was an amazing woman of God. But you know, she was, um, this is something I like, she was an agitator. She kept challenging the God's people. Come on. God's got better things in store for you. You don't have to live in this bondage. Come on, rise up. Come back to God. You know, turn to him, and he's going to do amazing things in your life. So she probably agitated them all the time. And I, I reckon I'm a bit of an agitator. You know, because I'm always telling you that there's so much more that God has got for you. You know, I'm always saying, you know, the kingdom of God is not just words, it's power. You know, coming to church is not just a religious observance. We come to encounter God. We come to meet with God. Someone should be healed by the end of the service. Where is the power of God that we read from Genesis to Revelation? Where are the miracles that, that God has spoken of all the way through? You know, don't just sing some songs. Let's meet with God. You know, let's, let's encounter God. Let's be changed and transformed by the power and the glory of God. So I'm always agitating. Prayers should be answered. We don't just pray we see answers to prayer. You know, we don't just talk about miracles, we see miracles. You know, we're the head and not the tail. You know, if you live for Jesus, He's got better days in store for you. If you, it pays to sacrifice for God. It pays to give your all to Jesus. I'm an agitator. I wanna stir up the church. I wanna say, come on church. God has got much more for us. I say, let the Holy Spirit agitators arise in this day. How many of you believe God's got better things for the church? He's got better things for all of us. Well, start agitating in the spirit. Not commanding, not demanding, not heavy-handing people. Inspiring them that God has got so much more for them. You know, one of the things about Deborah is that she was the only female judge. The only one. She was probably the first female military commander in the Bible. Imagine the flack that she would have taken. <laughs> Who do you think you are? You know, for that point, up to that point, it was the men that were leading the charge. And I, I believe Deborah set a new pattern and a new model for women to rise to the highest levels of leadership in the work of God and in the kingdom of God. And all the women said, you should be on your feet cheering right now. Come on, ladies. This is, this is what God is saying. She forged a new path. She forged a new way. You know, ladies, you don't have to step back. You don't have to hold back. You know, rise up and do all God has called you to do. Rise up and be what He's asked you to be. Be a general, be a fighter. Go out, lead the army, inspire men, lead men. Do whatever God's called you to do. You don't have to hold back. That's the message of Deborah. Let us stir your faith, I hope, this morning. You know, the enemy right now is throwing everything at the church of New Zealand. You see it in the papers, you see it in the TV, you see it everywhere. And God's people and the church is under massive, massive attack right now. 
And I'm asking the question, friend, is what are you going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? Are we just going to sit back and say, well, too bad, you know? Church is being laughed at, it's being ridiculed. Well, friend, are you going to rise up? Are you going to be a Deborah? Are you going to start agitating? Are you going to say, no, the church can rise up in this hour? Friends, I'm believing that if we would stir ourselves up, if the army of God would rise, that the church of New Zealand can step into its finest hour. We can t- step into a time of, of, of formidable power when the powers of darkness start retreating. Friends, this is not a time to retreat. This is not a time to back off. I hope no one through COVID has taken one step backwards because that's what the devil wants. No, we step forward. We move into the purpose of God. We move into the plans of God. We stand up. We fight. You know, we need men and women of courage to step up. Who is ready to step up to the plate at this time? Who is ready to, to go further in God? Who is ready to make more sacrifices, to pray more, to reach out to God, well, God more and say, I'm not gonna put up with this nonsense the devil is throwing at me. I'm gonna rise up in God. I'm gonna be a part of the army of God and I'm gonna help make a difference in this nation through the church of the living God. John Wesley said, give me a hundred men or women who fear nothing but God and sin and I will change the world. He must have found that hundred friends. Will you be one of that hundred that fear nothing but God and sin and step up to the plate and help change our world? Or do we believe we can't do it? Enemy's too strong. Opposition's too great. Let's just call it a day. No friends, we're not gonna do that, are we? The church of Jesus must arrive. You know, to fulfill everything God has got for you, you need courage. Tell the person next to you, you, you need more courage. <laughs> I'm sure they do. You need more courage. You say, well, are you sure about that, Pastor? I'm very sure. Joshua is our example. He was called to take the promised land. Now, God's got a promised land for you. Promised land of great blessing, great fruitfulness, Great victory after victory after it. For every one of you, God has got that. But Joshua was told at least three times, if he was gonna take his promised land, he would have to be strong and courageous. Let me read you the verses in case you don't believe me. Joshua 1, verse six, seven, and nine. Be strong and of good courage. In case you didn't hear verse six, in verse seven it says, only be strong and very courageous. And in case Joshua didn't hear verse six or verse seven, we read in verse nine, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. Are you hearing me? Do not be afraid. I'm tired of people being afraid. I'm tired of people retreating in fear. It's time to rise up in courage. That's why Deborah inspired us, inspires us today. Do not be afraid, and uh, nor, nor be dismayed. Now here, this is a command. It says, be, it have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. It's a command. It's not an option. It's not, no, oh no, I don't think I will be. God says, I'm commanding you. <laughs> be strong. Be, what does that mean? If he's commanding it, it means it's in you. It's actually in you. Courage is in you. Boldness is in you. I'm finding out I'm more bold and courageous than I ever thought I was. You just got to start believing it. <laughs> you got to start believing the book again. God is in you. God is in you. And so that means that there is tremendous courage living within you right now. 
So the enemy has unleashed an epidemic of fear across the world and across the church. It is an epidemic. And you know what the, right, the goal of that, this epidemic? Is to shut you down. That is to shut you down. So you retreat into your corner. You back away. It's to shut the church down so that we hide away as well. It's days of tremendous uh, turmoil. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Luke 21, 26. Men's heart failing them for fear. Men's hearts failing for fear. You see, the way I see it, friends, is right now, if we don't confront fear, it's going to increase its stranglehold on our lives. If we don't confront it now, because fear is going to increase, problems are going to increase, trouble is going to increase all over the globe. The Bible tells us, friends, you just read the book, it's, you know, troublous times are ahead, difficult times are ahead. I'm not a scaremonger, I'm just a Bible preacher. All right, so this is what's going to happen. And so the susceptibility of fear is just going to escalate and escalate and escalate. If you don't confront it now, if you don't face it now and deal with that, dealing with it now, friends, there's going to be a time where you will completely retreat and hide away. It's time to rise up, friends. That's why I'm doing a second part. I preached on this a few weeks ago. I, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you've got to hit this thing again because it is so powerful. This is what I felt the Spirit say to me. You, I, are more controlled by fear than we think. I'm including me. More, a lot of things that we do, it's just fear-based. If we don't recognize it, it continues to control us and take charge over us. All right, so let me give you four ways, if I get to them, of how we can overcome fear. <laughs> Number one is focus on God, not the giants. Got that? So whatever your giant you're facing today, and if you're not facing a giant, you're not alive. We've all got giants we're facing. So what giant are you facing today? And my question is, is your focus on the giant or is it on God? It's light and darkness, friends. One releases faith and courage. The other fills you with fear and terror. So the 12 spies are sent into the promised land and 10 of them come back with a bad report. What do they say? Here's what they say. Um... You know, the two, just in case, said, we are well able to take the land. Numbers 13, 22, 32, or 33, somewhere around there. Uh, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of a great size. There we saw the giants. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Think about this. Twelve spies. They all saw the same land, right? They all saw the same cities, fortified cities. They all saw exactly the same giants, Two of them said, no problem, we can take the land. Ten of them said, no way, we can't take the land. And you know what happened? Each of them fulfilled what they saw. They fulfilled, each one of them fulfilled what they believed. You see, Joshua and Caleb focused on God and said, God, these giants and fortified said, are no match for God. The ten focused on themselves and said, we are no match for the giants. That's the whole difference, friends. It's where your focus is. It's everything. Everything is focus, focus, focus. So the thought is here that I want to share with you is that the story you tell yourself is the story you will live out. What story are you telling yourself? See, the t Joshua and Caleb, they, their story, they said, we're going to take the land. We're going to overcome. We're going to win. We're gonna, and they lived out their story. 
But the other 10, they had a different story. Their story that they wrote for themselves is we can't take the land. We're gonna be defeated. We're like grasshoppers. The giants are too big. And they lived out their story. I wanna ask you a question. What story are you writing for your life? What are you looking forward to in the future? What do you think God is gonna do for your life? Some of us need to change our story. We need to change our story to say, yes, I will defeat this giant. I will overcome my problem. I will get my breakthrough. I will be healed. I will be set free. God, God will use me in powerful ways. We need to change our story. What story have you written for your life? Tell the person next to you, change your story. We all need to change our story. I need to change it. You need to change it. Because we're gonna fulfill the story that we write. See, I see a church alive. I see the church overcoming the enemy. I see the church of New Zealand rising to its finest hour. I see myself stepping into my greatest days. That's my story, and I'm gonna live out my story. What story are you writing for yourself? Thank you. I wanna tell you the names of the 10. I wonder how many of you could tell me the names of the 10 spies? How many of you could tell me the names of any of them? Let me read them to you. Here they are. I'm sure you'll recognize all of them. Shemua, <laughs> Shaphat, Egal, Palti, Gadiel, Gedi, Amiel, useless names, Setha, <laughs> Nabi, and Guel. <laughs> Do you know why you don't know their names? Listen, they're ruled by fear. Their focus was on the giants, not on God. So God says, you don't need to know their names. You won't remember their names. We all know Joshua and Caleb, why? Men of courage, men of faith, men of obedience, men of consecration, men, men with a heart after God. That's why we remember Joshua and Caleb. If you wanna be forgotten, then just forget God. Forget how great God is. And you'll just be part of history that made no real difference. I it was interesting finding those 12 names. I didn't, know, I didn't even know one of them. So don't let fear, don't let fear dictate your story. You got that? Fear is stopping you doing things a lot more than you realize. Simple example, I don't want to get into money, but we don't give as we should, why? Fear. We don't sacrifice for God as we should, why? Fear. We don't step up into a role God's calling us to, why? Fear. You know, we, we don't surrender our whole life to God because we fear what he might ask us to do. Ruled by fear. <clears throat> don't let fear Write your story. All right, I've got two minutes, 42 seconds. Number two, resist fear in Jesus' name. James four, verse seven. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You have to learn to drive out fear. As soon as a fear enters your mind, listen carefully, stop it. Resist it. It's gonna raise its head many times a day. Did you hear me? Many times a day, it's gonna raise its head. 
Either you take it on board and you go into torment and turmoil and lack of faith, or you're going to stop that baby with a sting in your tail and you're going to crush that fear in Jesus' name. You have to stop it as soon as it raises its head. Otherwise, it will get a grip on you. It'll be like a snake. It'll strangle the life out of you. And that's the one thought that I wanted all of us to really grab a hold of today because this is the one thought that was left with me after I preached it last time was tell the people that as soon as fear raises its head, they've got to stop it. They've got to resist it. They must not take it on board. Otherwise, it's gonna get entrenched in our lives and we're not gonna be able to overcome it that easily. You know, the devil goes around like a roaring lion. Is that right? But he's only like a lion. He is not a lion, <laughs> all right? You know, he, he, he's not as brave and as courageous. You know, you know we, we have the real lion. <laughs> we have the lion of the tribe of Judah, who, who is fearful of nothing, who, who's a king of the jungle, who lives within us. We have the real lion. So we can, the righteous are bold as a lion. So you are bolder than you think because the lion of the tribe of Judah is living in you and he fears nothing. He fears nothing. He fears nothing. And I might just throw in the fake lion, Satan, has false teeth. <laughs> so he can't bite you. He may gum you, but he can't really bite you. Number three, I don't know if we're up to number three, but whatever we are. The Word of God. Grab a hold of the Word of God. Find the scriptures you need to fight fear. Come on. It's a bit of work to do here, a bit of process involved. There was a boy, a demon appeared to him when he was very young. He was fearful of everything. He was fearful of um, going to bed at night, fearful of the dark, fearful of uh, being on his own, just gripped by fear. His parents started to read scriptures to him, read verses over his life. He gets baptized in the Holy Spirit and God sets him free from fear. To such a, now maybe you're a very fearful person. So listen to this. God so delivered him from fear that at school he stood up in the speech class and he said, my goal for this year is to lead every one of you to Jesus Christ. God can deliver you from fear. God can deliver you from fear. When you walk out of these doors very shortly, I want you to walk out saying, I'm, God is gonna deliver me from fear. I'm gonna start dealing with fear in my life. I'm, I refuse to let it control me. I'm gonna be like Deborah, and I'm gonna rise up in God, you know, and um, get through to the other side. Whoever you are today, I just wanna say this. Whatever you're facing, you're gonna make it. You're gonna make it. You will get through to the other side. <clears throat> there are better days ahead of you. You know, that's the promise of the Word of God. His plans for you are for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. You are stronger than you think. You are braver than you realize. You're smarter than you realize. And God has got a good future for you. You walk through the valley, but you keep walking and you come outside of the, uh, to the other side at the end of the valley. You may be in a tunnel, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. So keep going, keep walking. You will make it. I'm an agitator. I'm agitating you right now. You think it's bleak and it's dark ahead of you. I'm saying, no, it's not. I'm saying there's light and there's peace and there's joy and there's victory ahead of you. Just keep on 
Believe in God. Keep on trusting God. Keep on walking with God and watch what God will do. Lastly, ask for boldness. Psalm 138, verse 3. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. So let Deborah inspire you today. Let her, let her courage inspire you. Let her wisdom, her wisdom inspire you. Let her faith inspire you. She caused a nation, an army to rise up, and she turned a nation back to God. Friends, that's what you're called to do. That's what I'm called to do. We're called to rise up with wisdom, faith, courage, and turn this nation back to God. And if you need to rewrite the story of your life, please do it over the next few days. Because as you do, you can be a part of this mighty end time army and help us break through in God, see this nation changed, transformed and turned around. But also you will step in to your promised land of God's favor, God's blessing and God's goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.